right, welcome back to Tough Men of Faith. RT. Nick, we're just going to jump right back into Let's it. Let's do it. We got Wendell yep. Chin back with us again. We do. So uh, we left off last week. You mentioned you graduated from college or your master's and all the crockpot meals you were fixing during that time. <laughs> um, a, a therapist, so, clinical social worker working at a juvenile center. This would have been early 80s? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. yes. So early, what, early 80s. And you've I come got... to Christ by this point? Is it? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. So we're, what happened next in your life? No. Oh, I... Uh, Met my wife. Okay. I met my wife because my former wife died. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was at church and uh, here in Indianapolis, and I met my wife, and she has been, the Bible says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing, obtaineth favor of the Lord. She has been the blessing to me and in, in helping me through the death of my former wife and the grief and the depression and all of mm-hmm. that. And she has been my, my helper. Yeah. She has been my helper. And so I've devoted the last 32 years of my life in, in pastoral ministry. And my marriage and family counseling and has been uh, set aside. So I basically retired uh, from that and just devoted my time to, uh, to ministry in and missions, ministry in Seymour. And so my wife and I, we were doing... Uh, visitation and mission work in Haiti after the the major earthquake. We were going there every year, but with the turmoil that's currently going on in Haiti, we don't feel it's safe and wise to to go. But we've built a house in Jamaica. I've gone to Nigeria, different places in ministry, and our focus, like I said, is making a difference. So we want to make a difference in the lives of people that we come in contact with. Remember I said that that I in making a difference, I was sitting in a major <laughs> chain store, sitting on a pile of rock salt pallets and and minding my own business. <laughs> and this little lady, she walked up to me and she said, Excuse me. I said, Yes ma'am. I thought she was gonna ask me, you know, prayers, whatever. Or do I work? That was a common one. Do you work here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was just sitting there, and she said, I perceive that you are a man of God, and I have a pain in my back that has been bothering me. And she's probably, you, you don't want to guess the age of women. <laughs> nope. That may be the best advice anybody gets today. <laughs> but she appeared to be in her late 60s, early 70s, and she said, I want you to pray for me. Yeah. You know, and so I said, yes, ma'am, and I asked her what was your first name, and she told me, and she reached out her hand, and uh, I prayed for her. And my point is that that we want to make a difference, yep. and we want people to perceive that we are Christians. We are godly people, and I bless God that he, I have had many encounters like that. I bless God that he's allowed me to make a difference in the life. My wife, too, we've made a difference in the lives of people, ordinary people, as you would say, that we come in contact with, not just in ministry, in our ministry. Yeah. So I'd love to just get some wisdom from you because you have Marine officer, um, marriage and therapy counselor, pastor, leader of leaders, and we could keep going down the list, right? So you have a lot of wisdom. You've been around. Mm, living legend. Living legend. Uh, 
so legend, yes. we ask a few questions just to kind of help like just give wisdom to our men because one of the things we hit on this podcast all the time is like you should be reaching out to the generation before you you should have a mentor you should have people speaking into your life because scripture is mm-hmm. all about get wisdom get wisdom get mm-hmm. wisdom and how do you get wisdom well reading scripture but hanging out with godly people mm-hmm. um so a couple questions if, all right. if you could go back to your 18 year old self all right. and give him some advice what would you tell him <laughs> listen to your father mm. <laughs> i say now my daddy was the smartest person <laughs> That I can can even remember. Uh, there were times when I should have listened to my father, and I didn't. I talked about the, the rioting that was going on in the on the college campuses while I was there. My father, because I wanted to be there, my father, and I listened. My father mm-hmm. said, the biggest way you can make a change is from within. You cannot change the system from without. And And so I would say... 18 years old, about to graduate from, from high school, listen, I need to l- listen to my father. And I, I've been blessed to have had men, godly men in my life. And those who were not godly were strong in, in Christian principle. So they, 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 I knew my, my grandfather, I knew daddy's daddy, you know, I, I, I knew him. Uh, grew up with him, you know. He gave me coffee when I was five or six years old, and my grandmother, <laughs> who I knew, was fussing about giving Wendell uh, coffee. <laughs> He's too old for that. But, but again, eighteen years old, I would just say to have listened to my father more. Yeah, yeah. I like that you brought that up. That you can have good, positive influences in your, in your life that aren't necessarily godly men, mm-hmm. but have Christian values. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's something a lot of people overlook. Mm-hmm. And and I'm writing a book. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the chapters in the book is dealing with leadership and primarily Christian leadership. But I make mention of the fact, because I have friends who are Muslim, I have friends who, who are uh, different religions, quote-unquote, other than Christian. Yeah. And I have said that in the book I'm saying that godly how can I put it? Godly, godly leaders have a God as a as an underlying uh, mentality. So they are doing what they feel that they should do. Yeah. Not necessarily Christian, but they still are doing what they feel they should do from a godly perspective. Yeah, kind of like doing God's work. Um, yes. But not necessarily being so involved in a church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think great leaders come with conviction. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether that's so for probably for you, you lead at the church because you have a strong Christian conviction of mm-hmm. this is important what I'm doing. Or if I'm leading a, a CEO of a company, I have a strong conviction of this is my why for leading mm-hmm. this company. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And conviction, you have to you have to be you have to buy into what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you don't buy into what you're doing, you're easily distracted. Yeah. Uh, you can easily lose focus mm-hmm. on what. God has intended for you to do as a leader, as a as a male, as a man. Uh, so you don't want to you don't want to be distracted or lose the focus that you have with regards to what you're convicted to. Yeah. What makes you feel inspired to get up and keep going? And because you're still getting after it every That's day. A good question. <laughs> That's an excellent. You question. haven't uh, retired to go set and pick up seashells every day, and you're investing in the next generation. You're still. 
doing things? Uh, I am inspired by the people that I come in contact with who look to me for inspiration, who look for me for guidance. I, I receive emails and I receive Facebook Messenger mm-hmm. from from an inter not just in these United States of America, but from an international base and and so that inspires me to touch their life and make a difference. Yeah, I was one of the things I talk about here a lot at our church is we have a lot of young kids, like mm-hmm. six years old and younger. Mm-hmm. And I love investing that generation because in my thought, I'm going to be in heaven one day and they're going to be running the, the church or leading mm-hmm. ministries. And yes. you, get a, you get a play part in that by investing that generation. So it's, Yes, yeah. yes. And you, you, want to, you want to pour out into them, but you want to mold them based upon, the I mentioned reflection, you want to mold them based upon the reflection that they see in you. Yeah. As a as a leader. And I mentioned keep going back to him, but other than my father, Ollie North was someone who I saw with conviction, duty, honor, obedience, uh, commitment. You know, I saw that. And so I tried to I try to instill that in, in the young people that that I come in contact with. The last week I was asked to um, to be a speaker where they were using uh, mentors and pouring out into other individuals in the church and out of the church, other individuals uh, with regards to mentoring them uh, from your life experience. It's something similar to what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. What do you want to be remembered for in your life? Hmm. That is an interesting question. <laughs> uh, I want to be remembered as a, a godly man who loved his family, and loves his country, and when you when I say godly man, then that puts God ahead. Yeah. But I I do I have a calling of a teacher, and I do want to be remembered as someone who taught and and kept on teaching. If you think about Saint Matthew chapter twenty eight, the Bible said the latter part of that chapter, the Bible says that Jesus took his eleven disciples, and he. You know, he explained who he was, and they were worshiping him. And the scripture says, "And some doubted." So some, so some of his, some of the eleven disciples who we hold in high esteem, you know, mm-hmm. stained glass windows, right? Like, <laughs> uh, some of them doubted. Yep. But he kept on teaching. Yeah. He kept on teaching. So I want to be remembered from the standpoint of of being a consistent godly man who taught. By, by precepts and by example, godly principle. Could you talk about like how discipline has played into your life? Mm. I mean, because you've spoken about so many things today. I was like, you had to have a schedule, and even from getting crockpot dinners ready, um, <laughs> you've had a schedule and things going. Um, so, how has discipline played in your life? Maybe specifically with godliness and just success. And mm, interesting. Um, I value discipline. I value integrity. Uh, I value honesty. Mm-hmm. I value the character, and and to me, discipline is almost a foundational principle for all of those things. Because if I am disciplined and I'm going to show up on time, mm-hmm. I do not like being late. And I was frustrated trying to get to this session because I, the interstate was 
clogged up. <laughs> you were still 20 minutes early. <laughs> yeah, I was still 20 minutes early. I intended to be that. <laughs> but, uh, but the interstates was clogged up, and I was trying to get here. So I, I value discipline. But again, I was, you know, I was taught that by my dad's example. Yep. I picked cotton. I pulled cotton. But my dad would get me out of bed at 5 o'clock or 5.30 in the morning to make sure I was outside waiting for the pickup truck yeah. to show up to take me to pick cotton or pull cotton in South Texas, you know. <laughs> um, and, and in the military, it was reinforced. Uh, those that did not go into the Marine Corps, I'm not, I'm not going to give them a hard time. <laughs> but but um, uh, obedience uh, requires discipline. Yeah. And, and, and you have to have something to focus on, too. So discipline and is not just a nebulous kind of idea. It's, your, your discipline is focused on something that makes you disciplined. You know? Yeah. What does your morning routine look like? Oh, I get up and I pray. One of the things that I say in the morning and when I go to bed, other than greet my wife, uh, and I do this before I greet my wife seriously, is... I say something to the effect of, thank you, Jesus. And then I say, have mercy upon us. Mm-hmm. And I say that pretty much every time when I wake up and or when I go to bed. But the mornings, I, I just uh, spend a little time in meditation and prayer. Um, I love to read. I, lo- I was looking at some of the books around here, yeah. and I've got I've got a lot of the, the a lot of same books. Yeah, yeah, I've got a yeah. lot of Vines and and Wycliffe and, yep. and all you know all this. Stuff. I love to read, uh, and reading to me keeps me focused with regards to and what I read keeps me focused with regards to some of the things ideals that I hold and cherish. So I get up and and uh, if it's a golf day. Then I get up and and make plans to go golfing and and come back in in enough time so that I can take my wife out to to eat. We eat out almost every day. Yeah, almost every day. That's and, just something you guys enjoy. Yeah, we enjoy it. We Different enjoy restaurants it. or something. Just never use a crock pot again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no more crock pots, man. <laughs> no more crock pots. <clears throat> but we we. We eat out, so everything is is planned. It's not synchronized, but everything Mm -hmm. is planned with regards to to doing those sort of things. And then um, even before I came here, I was washing clothes. I I wash my own clothes. Uh, My wife folds most of those that don't have to go to the laundry, but I wash all my clothes. Um, I I just have certain days that I I do certain things. You've mentioned a couple times a book you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, is it called Reflection? Is that it's the... called, it's Reflections. Okay. Things in the mirror okay. are closer than they appear. Okay. And if you if you have a vehicle <laughs> and you look in your in the mirror of your vehicle, it says objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like this part class. I I got teary when and I'm a I'm clinical social worker and modern family therapist. I'm a therapist, and I've dealt with individuals with uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome, PTSD. Yeah. And, and men, <laughs> men, and we always, not always, that's overgeneralization. A lot of times we, we say that PTSD is a woman's thing based upon 
traumatic experiences that she has had growing up. Well, men, we have PTSD issues too. And so we have to take ownership of what we reflect on and the decisions that we make are, are based upon the consequences of what we did and, and how we responded. So reflection, things in the mirror closer than they appear. Uh, uh, when you, the, mirror, the mirror is your, your life experiences, mm-hmm. your life journey, as I always say, your life journey. So you reflect on it, and then you respond to it. But, but now we have to, as Christians, we have to respond out of our walk with God, out of our knowledge of God, and out of our, our uh, intimate relationship with God. I have found that men have a, a challenge being intimate with God because we're taught in our Western society, men don't cry. You know, you don't cry. You hold it in. You hold it in. You hold it in. You hold it in. Be tough. And and we do we do cry. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do cry. And and so I I try to to incorporate the experiences I've had and learn from them so that, like my father said, it's easier to make a change from the inside than the outside. So I don't I don't respond out of my emotions a lot of times um, with regards to things I. I have experienced, I, I try to be, not mental and cranial and all that, but I just, I try to be not deep, but I just try to respond in a godly manner. Yeah. So you're still in the process of writing the book? Is that, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. when... It's supposed to be finished, and I told my, my editor, he, it's been 10 years. Okay. It's been, it's been 10 yeah. years. It's going to be a good book. Well, I was going to say, when it, when it comes it's out, not... we'd love to have you back on and promote the book. And... Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I'd yeah, love to awesome. do that and talk through, uh, maybe talk through it a little bit. And yeah. Love to, I'm looking forward to reading it. It's not even yeah. done yet. So it's, yeah. uh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Any advice that you would give men? Like this, if you're able just to tell a guy in two mm. minutes, here's some advice, a young Christian man, what would you tell him? Always look to God and always look to God's word for your, your compass, your North Star, so that you are um, you are godly, <clears throat> you're godly in your actions, and you're godly in your intentions, uh, you're godly in your motivations. Uh, Christian men, we have a tremendous responsibility just placed upon us because uh, men are to be leaders, and and so we have not that women can be leaders, but men from a biblical standpoint have been given the responsibility of leading. We're the head and not the tail. Uh, but but I I really embrace the the godliness of of the responsibility that he has gifted us as men to be, you know. And and so I would I would say pray, pray, but spend as much time meditating and thinking rather than talking, whether it's out loud in your head. Mm-hmm. And be sincere. Yeah. So we have a lightning round we'll get to here in a few minutes with some fun questions. Oh, all right. Uh, but fun before questions. we do, this, how could uh, <clears throat> people want to follow you? You're on, you're on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. So it'd be a good place to connect with you. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Facebook, uh, Wendell C. Chin. Okay. There's a Wendell C. Chin Jr. That's not so you. that's not me. Okay. That's not me. That's my boy. Okay. That's my 50-year-old son. <laughs> but, uh, and then your church in Seymour, if, if, is that live stream where people could watch you? It is, it is it is not live stream it is facebook live facebook so live I don't, okay i don't do 
a live streaming yet. Okay. But it's Facebook Live Wednesday okay. and um, and Sundays. And what's the name of the church if they want to get behind your ministry and support New you? Life and... Apostolic church. New Life Apostolic New Life church. Apostolic in Church in Seymour, Indiana. In Seymour, Indiana. Yeah. And the 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 five other the 501c3 yeah. <laughs> uh, is Refining Fire Ministries International. Okay. Refining Fire Ministries International. Refining Fires Ministries International. Mm-hmm. And if I know anything about nonprofits, they're always looking for ministry supporters, mm-hmm. <laughs> prayer warriors, and yes, and people to get behind it. So yes. yeah, check them out. It's been great talking with you. We have this lightning round now. We want to get to Nick. Do you have the questions? Um, I do, and I also <laughs> took I also took some notes. I got some bullet points of things I learned today. Oh. Do you want to go over the, your bullet points? Yeah, I want to go over my bullet All points right, real let's... quick. I think the most important thing that you said today was love everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can start there, it gives you a really good basis to build off of. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he who finds a good wife finds a good thing. I know that one to be true. Mm-hmm. I, I found a good one. <laughs> RT, you found a good one. I did, yeah. So, I did. Yep. And uh, something else I thought was uh, really good today, you said uh, you might not be looking for God, or you might be looking for God and not even know it. I think that would probably hit on a few of our listeners or quite mm-hmm. a few of our listeners. If they're looking for something, and they're not sure what the something is. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's okay to explore a little bit. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're looking for God and you don't realize it. Mm-hmm. I had some friends ask me, you know, why the sudden change in your life? And I would just say it's God. Um, mm-hmm. Wish I had a better reason for you, but that's all I've got. Um, so anyway, yeah, let's go, let's go to the lightning round. Let's do it. All right. Who would play you in a movie? If you could pick one actor to play you in a movie, who would you pick? Denzel. Denzel Washington. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I love his acting. So. I, I like him because he has, um, Harry Belafonte just died. I like individuals who are African-Americans that take parts that are not degrading. Mm. Nice. As a, as a ethnicity, they're mm-hmm. not degrading. Yeah. And Denzel, he, um, he's a Christian, uh, but he, he would be... The one that I would say, get okay. him. Get him. All right. <laughs> All right. Next. If, uh, your favorite book, not the Bible. Your favorite book, not the Bible. Yep. Oh. Put you on the spot, didn't we? Yeah, well, there's so many. I just, <laughs> um, or one God your, Chasers. God Chasers? God Chasers. Okay. By Tenney, God Chasers. Okay. Favorite character from the Bible. Not favorite character, favorite person from the Bible. Not Jesus. Someone who's rarely mentioned. Onesimus. What's that? <laughs> Paul writes a letter to Philemon. Okay. And when he writes the letter to Philemon, Philemon is a slave owner who is a Christian. Okay. And Paul tells Philemon, there is a slave whose name is Onesimus who has gotten saved. He is your slave. I'm sending him back to you. Treat him as a brother. Preach, teach, but treat him as a brother okay. in the Lord. And and so his name is only mentioned, I think, twice in Scripture in the New Testament. I say New Covenant, but in the, in the New Testament. Okay. And, and you know, he had to have been a tremendous person to have been a slave and then return back to his slave owner, yeah. having given and been given instructions to return, and he returned. Because yeah. Paul, later on in Paul's letters, in the Paulinian letters, he, may, he Paul, makes reference to Onesimus being one who he holds in high regard. So Don't worry, Nick. We're getting ready to, uh, next, this week, we're kicking off Philemon as our next sermon series. Oh, really? Yep. We, we just finished up James. 
this past week, oh. jumping into Philemon. Good, I've got some learning to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting, and I know we're getting a little bit long on time, but what's interesting about <clears throat> Philemon is Paul gives him the letter. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that takes the letter back to his owner, and he knows what the letter says. And the letter <laughs> says, hey, you need to free this guy. Mm-hmm. And so he's just, I just pictured him like walking up to him like, yeah. Paul said to let me go, yeah. man. We're broke yeah. brothers. Yeah. So that's yeah. and there's such a picture of the gospel yeah. there. It um, is. And that I love that book. That is. Um, that yeah. is. And yeah. like you said, is it's a picture of the real gospel. Mm. You know, yep. you gotta love and remember I said initially, the Lord told me you gotta love everybody. Yeah. Yep. And so this guy has to love the guy yeah. who he's going back to. Right. And yeah. be, and trust. Mm-hmm. Part of as men, we have to learn to trust, you know, and trust that what he heard said to him is going to be fulfilled in the life of this brother that he's going back to. Yeah, there's so much in that book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today. This has been really good. And like I said, seriously, when you, that book gets published and you're ready to go, Mm. we'd love to have you on and promote that book and talk Mm. through it and talk about how things look closer than they appear. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, to our listeners, thanks for listening. Make sure to, to share this, social media. And uh, we still have those shirts, right? Is that? Yep. I think we still do. We still have some shirts <laughs> yeah. for sale. If you want shirts, <laughs> hit up Producer Blake on, on Facebook, and we'll, uh, we'll get you one of those shirts. So. Yep. Mr. Jim, nice meeting you. All right. God Thank bless you. you. Bye, you con Dios. Yeah. Go with God in Spanish. Yeah. Amen. Thanks we'll for joining us. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>